for most adults who get diagnosed later in life, like after school age, I call it fingerprints of ADHD, where when you look back on your life, you're like, oh yeah, this all <laughs> just makes sense. And I say that it's sort of this bittersweet thing when you get your diagnosis because it's equal parts relief and regret. So it's relief because it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. So I wasn't just making all this up, but then regret as far as like, man, if I only would have known this sooner, what could have maybe been different for me? Hey, what's going on, beautiful people? This is Ryan Turner, your registered dietitian, always here to fuel you. And several times a week, I'm delivering impactful five-minute shorts and amazing guest stories as we explore that intersection between satisfaction, satiety, and biological needs. It's all to help you control and overcome binge eating, improve performance, and support your body composition goals. But hey, remember, if it's working for you, your health, your mindset, and your definition of success, no one deserves to tell you different. You do you. Fuel you. And here we go. Welcome back. This is actually, this is this is season two. Uh, Ryan Mayer, you are actually my first guest in season two. I have I have a number of amazing guests lined up, but I'm so happy that you are here because of your energy and everything that I've seen you give out on social media. And I want to introduce you to everyone here. But before we do, before you say anything, before you introduce yourself in any way, Ryan Mayer, I want you to introduce yourself to us through food. If you could define yourself with a piece of food, a plate of food, something you cook, we can we can go out to a restaurant and we can sit down to a meal, but what would define you in food? Can I make a joke first? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, of course. I am so glad that you had me first because growing up, I was a baseball guy and I always was the leadoff hitter. So it just makes sense. Okay, that was it. <laughs> uh, to, to define me through food is easy because it's repetition and it's my favorite thing in the world to consume. And I have it every morning, green smoothie. Green smoothie. I love this. And it's not just the actual smoothie. It's you mentioned the repetition too. That's important. And obviously we're going to get all into ADHD, but I actually use it. I use my ADHD. I leverage it to enjoy the smoothie that much more because okay. I found I wanted it so badly, the smoothie that is, that I'd come home from the gym and I'm like, all right, before I do anything else, I just want that smoothie. So good. But then I would realize sometimes I would do one of the worst combos, smoothie and scrolling. And then okay. all of a sudden I would get sucked into the dark hole of social media. Mm. And then I came out of this, you know, wind turbine of scrolling. And I realized I have like three minutes till my next meeting and I haven't showered or done anything. I just am <laughs> smelling myself at the kitchen table. So now it's kind of like that Seinfeld episode about no soup for you. So I always, I just say to myself a simple mantra, no shower, no smoothie. Sorry, buddy. So now the smoothie actually helps me to kick off my day in the right way. I love this. What, what is, what's in the green smoothie? Yeah. 
So my wife has gotten the nickname Banana Girl at uh, our local Aldi. Do you guys have Aldi? <laughs> we don't have Aldi here because I'm I'm in Brooklyn. We go into obviously Manhattan a lot. I don't believe there is an Aldi around here. Well, it is originally a German. Uh, it's, it hails from Germany, but they're a low lower cost, like kind of a wholesale situation. But anyways, mm-hmm. she'll go in there and they call her Banana Girl because she'll get like 13 to 20 bunches of, oh. of bananas, but she does it on purpose so that when the bananas get really ripe, we call it the assembly line where we will peel, we will mass peel because that's a key. If you don't take anything else away from this episode, take this piece of advice, peel your bananas before you freeze them. You're welcome. That's a good piece of advice. We've yeah. been there. Yeah. You're trying to take a peel off a frozen banana, the worst. Anyway, so we have frozen bananas in our smoothie. So two of those, we typically have peanuts. We used to do peanut butter. And then I was like, wait a minute, peanut butter is nothing more than peanuts mashed up. So why would we put that in a blender when we can just blend regular peanuts? So we have that, we have kale, um, then a little bit of vanilla extract. Sometimes as we're feeling really wild, um, and then we'll also have in there protein powder, almond milk, ice cubes, and frozen other frozen fruits, whatever the variety of the day is. I love it. So I like that you left some left the door open for some variety. Mm-hmm. It's like we might have something else. Maybe we want to make it less green, more blue. Who knows? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. this is a berry smoothie. <laughs> oh, this is more chocolatey. This is more peanut buttery. So yeah. I'm always looking forward to that delicious coldness to start my day. I love it. And if no one's actually seeing the video right now, um, I mean, your glasses make it so fun. And this smoothie makes it makes me feel like this is going to keep it more fun. But I love that. I don't think anyone that I've interviewed yet actually said smoothie. I've had like someone say like a single egg. I've had some people say hamburgers, Ooh. all that kind of stuff, but no one's actually had a smoothie yet. I, I think this is, you would have expected it would have come up, come up by now, Rock but um, <laughs> I think it's perfect. You know, one other thing I love to do, not only have you introduce yourself through food, but this is what I do. Whenever I'm like listening to a podcast and I love hearing someone, I, I look them up as I'm listening to it. Sure. So uh, where can people find more about you and your coaching? You're going to get into this, but where can people find you online. And thank you for being refreshingly different, Ryan, and asking that question at the beginning, because most podcast hosts wait to the very end when people may have tuned out or they arrived at work or their run (laughs) is over or whatever. So true. So thank you for that. Uh, Many people will find me uh, on the socials and my handle there is ADHD coach Ryan or ADHD coach Ryan Mayer. Um, And I think there's some underscores in between there. Um, But you can also look at my website, which is ryanmayercoaching.com, spelled just like my second cousin, John Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. So you can find me there or you could just Google ADHD Coach Ryan. That helps my SEO. So you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we, we can't. We can't quickly just glaze over the fact that John John Mayer being a second cousin of yours, is there an actual relation? Uh, well, it depends on when you ask the question. If it was okay. before I met my wife, then yes, because that was my go-to opening line. Um, but after I met my wife, um, 
my affiliation with cousin John officially uh, went away. So no, there's no real relation at all. But well, my, but in case you're wondering, Ryan, my line used to be when people would say, oh, like John Mayer, I'd say, and I would look him dead in the face and just be like, you know, I don't like to make a big deal out of it because no one ever believes me. But yeah, he comes to all the family reunions. He'll play unplugged sets. We get advanced copies of all of his albums. But yeah. And then they would look at me and I'd keep a straight face. I'm like, yeah. And then they go, oh my God, you're his cousin. So anyway. And this this is what secured the marriage at this point. Well, actually, no. Just I know this is slightly off track, but I'm an ADHD coach. So how it goes. You know, this is how we roll. But I actually met my wife, Andrea, at her best friend's wedding on the dance floor in 2009. And the reason why I referenced the year is because the hot song at the time, you know, like when you go to a wedding reception and there's always that song, that's the hot song at the moment. Sure. So they'll yeah. play it like one to three times because like people drunkenly ask for it. Um, well, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus was like the song. So I can remember seeing my wife, who is the maid of honor, uh, doing the move. And I know people can't see it. So I'm flapping my hands butterflies fly away and she's doing this move and i'm like not only is she attractive but if she's willing to just be fun like we talked about earlier fun out on the dance floor i gotta go at least meet her um and as she says we met on the dance floor and we haven't left since <laughs> and in case this was one of your questions ryan uh what's something that what's a fun fact that not a lot of people would know about you my answer to that would be that Andrea and I have attended 84 weddings together. Wow. Yeah. That's a so, lot of weddings. That's also that's like a lot of dresses. That's a lot of just time spent traveling. A lot of people will bring up like, wow, that's expensive. And I'll say, well, let me let me reframe it for you because that's what coaching is really all about. Different perspective. How much would you pay if you went out to a restaurant for a nice dinner, a night of dancing, all you can drink? All you can eat, probably less than what you spent to go to the wedding. So, so, so technically, you're saving money by having this lifestyle. That's our plan. And <laughs> uh, we're starting to dry up a little bit since we're getting older. Like our pool of candidates is, is thinning. Mm, so just for any of the listeners out there, um, again, you can look me up on social media. If you want to have guaranteed party starters at your wedding reception, Andrea and I are available for a very reasonable rate. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys are just a blast. I mean, even right now, it just sounds that way. Um, but we digress. And this can definitely lead us into just the question of, you know, why you're here. And I really want to ask, yeah. you know, what do you do, Ryan? And why do you do what you do? I can't help but think about that um, infamous scene from Office Space. Okay. They say, what would you say you do here? Um, but what I do as an ADHD performance and mindset coach is I am essentially the wingman for people in life. Uh, because for those of us, anyone who's listening who has ADHD, which stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, in case you're not aware, um, life is not always easy. It's not easy for anyone, but particularly when you have ADHD, um, some of the more routine or mundane things can be big hurdles for us. 
So I help people to navigate through the storms in their life that are caused by ADHD, whether that's on the home front or at work. And then I help them to build a plan for them that's going to work so that they can have repeatable systems. You know, I talked earlier about routine with my smoothie and I do that same thing with my clients, like building something that works for them. It's not just like, oh, well, here's coach Ryan's way to, you know, beat ADHD because I'm still fighting the good fight every day. It's just being a partner with my clients to kind of just attack these challenges together. That's beautiful. Man, that sounded really good. I should write that down. It did. <laughs> I might just have to cut that and post yeah. that because it sounds yeah. so good. Yeah, thank you. Um, let me just because I was pretty transparent up front when we first started talking before we press it, we press record. Yeah. And um, about my my own diagnosis with ADHD, which yeah. came about, you know, pretty recently. Um, although you look back at things and I'm sure this is a story of so many people, but you look back at things and you realize, oh, OK, it was definitely there all along, which is, you know, actually part of the diagnosis there. But mm-hmm. um, can you give a little clarity on ADHD in terms of. We don't have to go too deep in terms of what like, yeah. what it is, because I do want to make sure we're bridging this into the nutrition space, which by the way, I, the email that you, or I think, uh, and, Andrea and yeah. Andrea had sent over, there were some really great quick tips in there. And I want to make sure we get to those because that's why we're here, but come back to just ADHD for me and kind of like where we are, the state of our Everything. union, right? Yep. Because mm-hmm. I think we are at a high point of the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I think that there's stigmas still around it. You being a coach, you're in this all the time. Um, someone's questioning, what is ADHD? Do I have ADHD? Is ADHD a real thing? Right. That's a very involved question. But how would you attack that kind of scenario when someone's kind of questioning it? Do I have it? Is it a real thing? Everyone has it. What's going on? Yeah. Just from an ADHD an ADHD coach, how do you yeah, how do you look at that? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked the question because I I approach it in a very neutral way because I understand for those people who might not know about it, like you don't know what you don't know. So it's understandable that these stigmas or sort of like I'm gonna say stereotypes that are out there only exist because people aren't aware. Uh, Mm -hmm. of of what the truth is. So what a lot of people think ADHD is, is that it only affects kids. And specifically, it only affects boys is what people like normally that's what they think of is like the little hyperactive kid that uh, can't sit still in class and is talking when they're not supposed to and squirming and like getting up and running around and distracting people. Um, While that's not untrue, what they don't realize is that you don't actually grow out of ADHD. That's a a common myth. And Ryan, you mentioned it before that for most adults who get diagnosed later in life, like after school age, I call it fingerprints of ADHD, where when you look back on your life, you're like, oh yeah, this (laughs) all just makes sense. And I say that it's sort of this bittersweet thing when you get your diagnosis because it's equal parts relief and regret. So it's relief because it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. So I wasn't just making all this up, 
but then regret as far as like, man, if I only would have known this sooner, what could have maybe been different for me? And there's definitely over the time of the pandemic through like 2020 through 2023-ish, um, there's definitely, to your point, been a rise in diagnoses. One of the big reasons for that is social media and not in a negative way. Here's what I mean. Many times what will bring an ADHD diagnosis, and I'd be curious to know kind of like what happened for yours, but many times I'll see this uh, particularly in women, but anytime there's a big life change. So that could be a new child comes into the picture, a new job, uh, whether that's a promotion or like a loss of a job. If someone moves, if um, like a, an aging parent now needs extra care or a parent or a family member passes away, or there's some kind of big change that mixes things up. Like, for example, I don't know, a global pandemic that forces you to work from home. Now, someone who had, remember we talked earlier about routine. So let's just take Jane Professional. Jane Professional is used to like getting up, having breakfast with the family. She gets the kids off onto the bus. She gets into her car. She drives to work. She does her thing. She has her whole routine and her schedule. Well, now you just blow that whole thing up. And now you're, now you're a teacher of your kids because you have to teach from home. You're working from home, which you've never done before. You're having to set everything up. The kids are loud. You're trying to balance it. Um, so like stress has gone way through the roof. So then what do you do? Well, let's go on social media and just like relax for a minute. Well, everybody is now talking about how they're all stressed out as well. And then they come across a video like mine and many of the other wonderful ADHD creators that are out there that are bringing awareness to the authentic struggles that people are having. So my whole journey, which this is kind of like merging two questions and two answers of how I came to where I'm at is I just started authentically sharing my story and my challenge of ADHD. And that's why I was able to grow so quickly on social media is that I wasn't trying to put up the perfect front, the, you know, I'm using air quotes for those who are just listening, the airbrushed life. So I, I try really hard to just tell it how it is and be like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And this is what you might be struggling with. So I'm going to get back to the question of something that you didn't say, Ryan, but I'm going to say for you, which is kind of the underlying part. Well, isn't everybody a little ADHD, which people say? And again, the only reason I use the silly voice is so you get the point. Um, yes, everyone has. Some will will uh, exhibit some issues from ADHD. Like everyone's going to run late occasionally. Everyone's going to maybe misplace their keys or forget about someone's birthday or maybe procrastinate on doing something they don't want to do. The thing that makes it different for someone who actually has ADHD is when these conditions are present for at least six months continuously and they're pervasive, and they're causing issues in one's life. So for example, again, hi, authenticity. I've been fired from two jobs essentially because of my ADHD. Like I was really good on the front end, but when it came to the follow through and like tying up all the loose ends, I was, I was not good at that. But unfortunately, that's just part of the job. So that 
wouldn't happen to someone who doesn't have the kind of brain wiring that I or other people with ADHD have. Okay, I'll be quiet. How was that for an answer? No, it was a perfect answer. And it, you know, that the idea of the the idea of the job and with with me looking back, and I'm not here to talk about me as much as I am just to bridge this gap kind of where we'll get to nutrition, but the idea of getting fired from a job, I've I look back now at my first job out of college and I've always said I was just not good at it. And I never understood why, because I'm like, those, those were tasks that I was doing, but I wasn't, I just wasn't good at it. And it was things where I'm just like, no one caught that, or I didn't catch that, or why couldn't I just like, it was just sending emails out. But then when you get down into it, you start thinking about the emotion behind the email, the emotion by, behind that phone call, right? Not wanting to, you know, do this or that because it was so overwhelming. And then mm-hmm. you kind of think like, am I just not, am I not an, like adult enough? And then I think with a diagnosis, it does help you understand more. And it's like, we can keep kind of going on and on about that kind of thing. But yeah, that idea about it being so hard for someone in the office, uh, any kind of job is definitely tough, which let me, let me bridge this gap here because I do want to make sure that we understand what you said kind of about kind of, you know, you're not, you're not giving a way to diagnose someone. I think you're just giving some, um, some clarity to kind of where it may, it might come from and have that larger conversation with, you know, healthcare provider or a therapist, if that's what you definitely need. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to move from the childhood to adult for a second and really kind of get into the nitty gritty of why we're here. Right. So the ADHD in the office, you know, what does it actually look like and how do you support someone, an adult with ADHD as an ADHD coach in the office, specifically helping them do their job better or just adult do their life better? I try not to cry on a lot of podcast interviews, but it's a safe space. Thanks for providing it. Yeah. But I, I always so. <laughs> get I always get emotional when I think about this. And the reason why is because I heard on a podcast probably about a year ago now that this phrase of you give what you most long for. And that is sort of the underlying, one of the underlying principles behind my coaching practice, because what I longed for during my 15 year career in corporate in marketing and sales was just to feel like I was understood, like that people could see I was trying because many times it would just be like, you know, Hey, it's not working out. Like we got to let you go. It's like, wait, what? And I just, it would have just been so nice to be like, Hey, I know how hard you've been trying. And I just felt so misunderstood. And so what I do for my clients is I help to give them the guidance, the reassurance, first of all, like to make it a safe emotional space is to know, like, you're not broken. You're just wired differently. And the very first step with any client who works with me is something I call TUA, which stands for total unconditional acceptance. So as Ryan mentioned earlier, I'm wearing like a a funny pair of glasses, but if to help with the analogy of where I'm going with this, if you wear contacts or prescription glasses, what is it like for you, uh, listener, when you don't wear your glasses? Maybe you can't see things close up or maybe you can't see things far away. So would it be fair 
to take off your glasses and then be really upset with yourself that you can't see like someone else next to you who doesn't require glasses? Well, no, that'd be kind of silly. Like, hey, this is just how your eyeballs are. But the problem is that's how so many of us, both Ryan's included, thought about our brains, essentially. Because it's invisible, it's like from the outside, you can't tell that we have a disability. Because it's like, hey, because what I was always told when I would go to ask for help or support, everyone else has to do it. Everyone else figures it out. So you need to also is basically what I was told. But the problem is our brains are different. You would never tell someone, and this seems like a drastic example, um, but like someone who needs those glasses, like just squint harder. Everyone else can see. So you should be able to as well. It's like, well, obviously that's not going to work. So I help my clients to understand you can't expect yourself to be at that level. So let's give you some glasses, so to speak, to give you a different perspective on how you can, these are really good analogies. I'm all just thinking right now, perspective where you can focus and see it through a new lens. Um, but no, just trying to make things a little bit more ADHD friendly. So how I would help someone is I, I just reference back to my own experience where I was always willing to go above and beyond for the clients. But the problem was that came at the expense of what was required in my job. So I would ask them, if you go back to the job description or when you were first hired, what are the duties as assigned? In other words, like what are you going to be judged on for your performance? Because I would do all these things that were like, you know, writing someone a handwritten birthday card or like um, getting to know all about their kids and sending them articles I found about something that was a hobby of the client. Well, that doesn't matter when you're not hitting your sales quota. So I would ask my clients, like, what is it that has to be done? So there's a song um, by DJ Khaled that features Ludacris and it's called All I Do Is Win. And one time I, I was literally dancing around and I'm all I do is win no matter what, like celebrating because I had gotten something done. And I'm like, wait a second, win. And it became one of my newest acronyms, which stands for all I do is win. All I do is what is needed. I like that. So I tell people just do what's needed. You don't need to go above and beyond. You can come back and do that later if there's time, which there usually isn't. So I help them to do that. And then we'll meet on either a weekly, bi-weekly, or even in a group setting. And I'll say, okay, like, where do you feel like you're getting off track? And then they explain whatever their challenges are. And we come up with an ADHD friendly way to try to remind them. So if I, going back to, if you can only remember a couple things from today's episode, here's another one to remember. Um, Coaching is like bumper bowling because I am like the little guardrails that you pop up on the side of the bowling alley. So what does that mean? My clients are the bowler. And as the guardrails on the side, I can't throw the ball for them. I can't even set up the pins for them. All I do is help to keep them on track so they don't end up in the proverbial gutter again because my clients just find themselves like, why did I do this to myself again? Like, I stayed up till two in the morning scrolling on social media, or I am late to work and now I'm yelling at my kids. I'm yelling at my spouse. I forgot to pack my lunch. Like 
Ah! So I say like, okay, so that was an issue. So let's kind of break it down. It seems like staying up really late probably wasn't the best for you. And I, I just hold the main thing about coaching is knowing that it's a judgment-free zone at all times. So it's like, I don't care what time you wake up. I'm just your coach. So we might come up with a plan of like something simple. Cause here's another like coach Ryanism, little hinges, swing, big doors. So something as little as taking your phone and charging it across the room or maybe in the bathroom or like somewhere that's not right by your head is going to be monumental. Cause it's like, Ooh, I could scroll social media. I just don't feel like getting up. I'll just go to sleep, I guess. And that could be the difference of a better day. Truth. I've been there. Yeah. And that kind of thing has definitely helped me. And I think I, at the time, especially like pre ADHD diagnosis, I didn't know how much it was helping me because of the challenges that I was actually having. Um, and so those are, those are great tips. I have a specific, so I work with individuals like you're talking about in the office, like very busy, very driven people, right? Very high performing individuals. And then that's in the office, but now it's going to be individuals that are also in the gym and trying to perform well there. And what I found is that a lot of my clients, when I look back at it, I'm like, there was no diagnosis, but there's a lot of, you know, little things that I was seeing. And even if I look back at some of my client notes too, I see oh, they actually did have a diagnosis a diagnosis of ADHD, which I wasn't really focusing on. But now I'm thinking, if I did, could it have even made them more successful? Maybe make mm. more successful quicker, maybe made it easier for them. And maybe I wasn't you know, curious enough to understand what was gonna help them. When you work with clients, and maybe a better question is, have you worked with clients that have those performance, those athletic goals, maybe aesthetic goals, uh, weight loss goals, body fat loss goals. How how would you bridge the gap to help someone in that area? And I guess I should ask, have you? Um, and then ask yes, you how, how have you done yes, that? Yes, I have. So when you first reached out about me being on the show, I was so excited because most people don't think about ADHD from a nutritional standpoint. But I'll ask people this question. Obviously, if they're listening to this podcast, they understand the value of nutrition. But what kind of fuel would someone put into their car? Like, would you dump dirt into your gas tank? Like, no, obviously not. Would you put water in it? Maybe that's a bad example. Would you put um, Dr. Pepper in it or something? No, like you clearly have a certain kind of fuel that's going to work the best for your engine. It's the same thing with our brains and our bodies. So like, garbage in garbage out like if you're eating junk food and fast food and high fat and high fructose corn syrup and all that crap well then you're gonna get those kind of results high mm -hmm. sugar big crash so what i start telling people one is before we even change the diet i'll tell them movement is mandatory so yes some of us might be hyperactive type where we do need to physically move around, but also even for those of us who might be more um, the inattentive subtype of ADHD, where the hyperactivity is happening in your mind, it's so important to move because research shows that literally nothing, okay, hold on. 
Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. My microphone just went out, and I'm happy to report that earlier today I sent in a help desk ticket to the <laughs> microphone manufacturer to be like, I am not happy because during really important conversations, my microphone plug will literally fall out. <laughs> oh, good. oh, is that what happened? That's what I don't, happened. I don't, there actually didn't seem to be much on my end that I no, ended it up literally not hearing, just but... and like the sound cut. And <laughs> okay. I'm like, cool. Yeah. So, man, that was in such a good role, too. That movement is mandatory. So, uh, there, oh, I know where I was at. Let's rewind. Um, that there is research shows there is literally nothing better for a human brain, especially an ADHD brain, than exercise. So, cardio 15 to 20 minutes. So like I, what I'll tell clients, and I just talked to one of them last week about this walking is underrated. I used to be like, do you even lift bro? <laughs> um, I used to think about like, Oh, well, what's your max? How much can you squat? It's like, okay, that's fine. And that's great. But like, if someone can't even get themselves to the gym, we're not gonna be talking about what's your max bench. How about, did you move at all today? Besides from your desk to the bathroom, because that's an issue. So like, when are you going to get your movement going? Um, so I had a client that he was dropping his daughter off at her dance lesson. And normally he's in the car scrolling. And I'm like, what if you just walk around the parking lot or like walk around a little bit? So he started doing that. Um, so I'll help people with that. And then maybe I can go to nutrition next. And how that kind of factors in. What do you think? Yeah. It, um, and also I want to be um, cognizant of your time over here. I know that you are working with someone um in just a few minutes. That's I wanted I wanted to validate the one thing about putting water in your engine because yes. putting yes, water yes, in your yes. engine obviously could be a restrictive behavior. And we know that eating disorders, both sides of the spectrum, can come from an ADHD diagnosis. And so that is that's something where we're looking at feeding the brain. And I always try and working in this idea of like a strong brain and a strong body. And yes. so, yeah, a lot of people might end up only giving themselves truly water in their engine um, mm -hmm. or their gas tank, however you want to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an issue. So I think it was a very valid, you know, kind of thing. And you can kind of look at it that way. So you can either put, you know, not great stuff in your tank, yes. or if you're putting something in there, but it really isn't anything that's going to benefit you. It's something we have to realize. And I'm sure that's something that you've actually focused on with clients as well. It is. And in fact, what I find is more so they forget to drink or eat anything. So that was one of the things before our time is over. I wanted to make sure to talk about, um, is making sure you eat period. Um, and I brought a prop with me, which oh, is yes. my lunchbox. Um, now, as Ryan knows, I work from home. I just sent him a picture of me eating with my daughter who was wearing swimming goggles at the table. Um, but I pack my lunch even though I work from home. Wait, what? No, for real. I do this because be, due to my ADHD, I'm almost always like frazzled. I'm running from meeting to meeting because the schedule is busy. So guess what? I pack my lunch the night before so I don't have to think about it. And my wife and I meal prep on Sundays. And a couple of the things that I do, I pack all my pills ahead of time, which I have now taken my pills for the day. I'm showing a little pill container. So this is a daily pill container. I have vegetables in a little Ziploc bag. And here's the one that I'm most proud of. 
And it's a video that if you look at my TikTok profile, if you're on TikTok, one of my highest viewed videos is a picture of me holding clementines. So I actually pre-peel my clementines on Sunday for the entire week. And people are like, wait, that's ridiculous. Mike, it would only be ridiculous if you can honestly tell me that you don't have rotting clementines in your crisper drawer that you never eat and you throw away. And everyone's like, oh, guilty, guilty. So I peel them ahead of time. I put them in a clear container. And then when, not if, when I'm running late to a meeting, I grab two of these. And now I don't even have to think about it. They're already peeled. They're ready to go. So I help my clients just to, because they think, well, how's that going to help me? Well, if you add up enough of these things, there's a cumulative effect. We're like, now it's a one day where I didn't have to think about what I was going to eat. Then it's a week, then it's a month, then it's five or 10 years where I've been eating clean, not having a lot of carbs, not having a lot of high sugar stuff. And so that's what I help people do is like build repeatable systems. Yeah. I think you're, you're making it simple to not make decisions. You don't, more decisions are going to, uh, I think only confuse the process more, right? Because then that's where you turn to, I think the, the path of least resistance. Um, and that's what we see all the time, but look, I know, I know we're running a little short on time and I honestly, just right now, I'd just love to have you on again and kind of get more into this. And there's nothing here that I really think that was too much. I think this is perfect. Um, because there were those three tips in the email that I saw that I loved, and I want you to come back on and actually present those. So I will set that up with, with you and with Andrea. Um, But before you go, because I don't want to make this feel rushed. I again, want you to let people know where to find more about you. And I also want to highlight one of your um, newer programs, if you're open to sharing that here. Um, So please, where can we find you again? And how can we work with you? Just like last time, I'll ask permission to say something else first, um, which is I want anyone who's listening to know that you're doing a great job. Like if you're listening to Ryan's content, you're already going further than most people would go to make sure that you're building the life that you want. Um, And one thing I talk to my clients about, and I'm showing a visual, but I'll explain it too, is something I call the attention battery. And so it's basically like, we are so concerned about, for example, the batteries on our phones. And we don't even think about what about the batteries of our bodies, which I say is our brain. So make sure that you're taking care of that battery first and foremost. Um, so anyway, there's a, we can have a whole episode about that. But thanks for asking. And again, you can, so I'm Ryan Mayer. And I'm an ADHD performance and mindset coach. And you can find me on my website, ryanmayercoaching.com, or on the socials. My handle is ADHD Coach Ryan or ADHD Coach Ryan Mayer. Um, and thanks for giving me the chance, Ryan. Your audience is going to be the first to hear about this. So I've tried, just as you probably have with your various workout programs and diets and what to do, testing out different things to see what what works and what doesn't. I must be getting close to the one that works because many of the programs I've tried haven't worked so far as far as like, I'm going to just be printing money because it's going to go so well. And then it doesn't. I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I realized, well, it's because 
my audience is just like me. They have ADHD. So for the first time ever, I'm uh, going to be dropping here in the next couple of weeks, a text message based course, no new username, no password required. You just sign up and you, I will text you directly. And it's really cool. So it's called how to find work that works for your ADHD. Because many times I've found just this common theme that my clients or people who follow me on social media, I'm struggling in this job. And then I'm trying to coach them one off. So I've distilled down everything I help clients with when it comes to job search. And I say, let's go from job hopping to job sticking. So like, let's start sticking in these jobs instead of hopping. Um, so I'll be sending Ryan uh, a link so that anyone who's part of the Food is Fuel network that you can get a discount on the program because I'm just here to help people. That's the main thing. And I want to meet them where they are. Bum, 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 bum. Here we are. We made it. I love it, Ryan. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know people will be excited about it. I know I am excited about it personally. So, um, but again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you, your energy and what you're giving to everyone in terms of creating that space for them to open up and feel safe here. Cause I think that's what we really need. Um, but hey, let's call this the end of part one. Part one, <laughs> Ryan, my ADHD plan worked perfectly where now I can come on for episode two. That's what I was hoping for. So <laughs> you part great. one in the books. Thanks for having me and we'll yeah, talk man. soon. Sounds good, dude. Thanks so All much. Right. Appreciate Thanks, you. Ryan. Bye. See you. Bye.